It's a Farm Friday. Let's talk New York Yankees. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day, and you're going to love this. Today's episode is brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. Today, we are talking New York Yankees. Not only do they have what I believe is the number one team in baseball right now with the, the number one power hitter in Aaron Judge, they also have a pretty good farm system. And so lots of talent here. We're going to start in single A with the Tampa Tarpons in Tampa, Florida. A tarpon is a fish, if you were curious. Uh, 34 and 42 right now. And a couple guys here interesting worth talking about. The first one is Jason Dominguez. So... When he signed in 2019 as an international free agent, he was seen as like one of the best international prospects in recent history, if not ever. I mean, he was seen as as a potential future superstar in making. So, uh, signed in 2019, didn't get to debut in 2020 because there was no season. So, it got pushed back into, into uh, 2021, started off in the Complex League, moved to Low A Tampa. So it was 18 years old in full season ball. Uh, was in the Futures game last year. But the big change from when he signed to when he started to play was his body. So going in, like once he signed and getting ready for pro ball, he was double plus speed. He was a, a, a slender kind of speedier uh, center fielder. and. He's he's stockier now. 5'10", 210 is what's listed. I don't think the 210 is exactly accurate. Um, he slowed down. To cl- he's gone from double plus speed to more of average to above average. Uh, so you have to think about defensively, is he going to have to move from center field to a corner? And if he does, he can play right. The arm is good enough to move to right. Offensively, uh, you you... You saw him struggle a little bit, like most 18-year-olds in full-season ball would, with um, dealing with spin, dealing with more experienced pitchers. Uh, His at-bats got better last season. You go into this year, um, you know, still still has very loud tools, still has the loud exit velo, still has the good arm and everything, but the plate discipline has not really improved. Uh, striking out about 36% of the time in the Florida State League right now. And it's something where he's got very good power. Um, I mean, his exit velo, like his his average exit velo is just under 90 miles an hour. His maximum is like 111. I mean, he's got very good power metrics. He just isn't making enough contact to put them to use. Right now, 257, 368, 424. Eight home runs, 16 stolen bases, with the caveat of you have to understand when you're in something like a low A, the um, 
the stolen base numbers are a little bit skewed because they have the the pitch over restrictions and things like that. But what concerns me, 49 games in low A last year, 69 games in low A this year. The batting average is almost exactly the same. 258 last year, 257 this year. On base percentage, slightly better, maybe 22 points, 346 to 368. Slugging, 26 points better, 398 to 424. And I'm not 100% convinced that a 20-point difference in on-base percentage or slugging isn't just uh, a standard deviation and just, a, like, in essence, he's the exact same player he was last year. Which, obviously, you want to see him get better as you go through the minors. You don't necessarily want him to be the exact same player he was. So, home run numbers. Five home runs in 49 games last year. Eight home runs in 69 this year. Again, is running more. There are the restrictions on pickovers. But still, something where he was considered the number one prospect in 20 and 21. He's fallen down to somewhere between 8 and 10. Uh, Still a lot of tools to like. still Still a lot of polish that he has to put on. And he has the raw talent where at any given point, he can just... The switch could flip, and he all of a sudden could go. But now we're kind of looking at uh, the overall grade. I think has come down a bit to a you know MLB regular versus uh, an All Star and 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 that kind of stuff. And still a lot of polish you got to put on Jason Dominguez to be happy with him and how he does there. And so kind of frustrating for for prospect folks because there was such promise. And I think the layoff, the layoff hurt him in a couple ways. One, the physical development. Two, the the lack of opportunities to hit against quality competition, you know, get live at bats. You can do cage work, you can do T stuff, but it's not a uh, it's, it doesn't make up for uh, not having in-game stuff to do. So something I want to see fixed. Uh, all right. Couple other guys there, but we've got to move on time-wise. High A, the Hudson Valley Renegades. One, love where they are. Fishkill, New York. City's name is Fishkill. Love it. Uh, I want to hear that story one day. 40 and 37 record this year. A couple different guys here that are noteworthy of kind of talking about. Number three overall prospect, Everson Pereira. Um, 263, 342, 424, seven home runs, 15 stolen bases right now. And he's a guy that has really not played a lot. They had to add him to the rule um to the 40 man roster. But 2019 only had 18 games because of a severely sprained ankle and then 2020 um did almost everything remotely was not at the alternate site because he was a 2017 IFA. And so he finally got to do an instructs in the Dominican. But despite some of that uh, still has still has impressed somewhat. Um, I think he's going to have to move from center field to a corner. He's got a strong arm. He's got average speed. I think he could play center. He could stick in center. I think he would be an above average corner outfielder. So somebody who you look at doing that. But uh, offensively, Great exit velos, um, really good bat speed, like high-end bat speed. Uh, has the right shape of his swing to keep the bat in, or you know, keep the barrel of the zone uh, for quite a while. 
great power numbers, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Last year, high A Hudson Valley played 27 games, finished third on the team in 14 home runs. Like, legitimately has good power numbers, but swing and miss. The dude just swings and misses. Um, 41% strikeout rate last year. Uh, this year, it's not much better, which, again, one of those things of tons of potential, kind of stalling a bit. He's played 68 games. He struck out 82 times and 260 at-bats. So uh, another guy who really hasn't gotten better from year to year. To, so, And again, small sample size in Hudson Valley last year, 27 games, but he batted 259, 354, 676. This year, 263, essentially the same batting average. 343 on base, 11 points lower, essentially the same. 425 slugging, so he struggled there. Uh, strikeouts are are just about the same kind of pace, maybe a tad bit better, but for the most part, it's something where Everson Pereira has has tools, um, could be an impact offensive player. He just needs to make more consistent contact, command the strike zone a little better. Uh, you keep going through some of this um, here, and and Trey Sweeney, number seven. Prospect in the system, shortstop, 6'4", 200, uh, 20th overall in 2021. And right now, 227, 310, 393, eight home runs, 13 stolen bases. Uh, I like him. I think his speed is not necessarily outstanding, kind of average speed, but really instinctual player. Uh, has good baseball IQ. And and so because of because of that, I think his speed ends up playing at a plus. It's like on the stopwatch, it's probably average speed, but in games it plays up like plus. Same thing, athleticism. He's average athleticism, not necessarily amazing athleticism, but baseball IQ is so good. I think he can be an up the middle defender. He could stick it short. May have to move to second. May arm is good enough he could move to third. Uh, but offensively, very polished. I feel like he commands the strike zone well. He follows the mantra of hit strikes hard. He can he can drive pitches. A couple things you need to work out in his swing. It's a little, it's a little too many pieces, a little too inconsistent. I think there's some things you can work out there. Once you do that, um, I think you're gonna see his his Offensive results be a little more consistent. His exit velos be a little more consistent. And I think he's going to be a guy who's uh, going to be able to contribute at the big league level eventually. One more guy, kind of lower in the system, but I want to mention him briefly because I like some of the stuff that he brings. Right-hand pitcher Yoendris Gomez, like the 19th prospect in the system. But I want to bring him up because he's lost a lot of time. So obviously didn't get 2020. Had a shoulder injury last year to start the year. So debuted, got 23 innings, then got COVID-19, then had to have elbow surgery. So we haven't seen a ton of him. He's thrown like 10 innings this season coming back just recently. But from what we saw of him last year and some of the scouting reports from when he signed, fat, like arm is electric. Fastball averages 95, hits 99. Good vertical break to it. I like that. 
Uh, the slider, newer slider, mid-80s, ton of that like big sweep that you're saying a lot of teams want from their sliders now. Um, change up in the high 80s. I think if he could slow it down just a little bit, it's going to be a really effective third pitch. So three really good tools. I like all three of these pitches. Uh, I think he could be a really good player. You just need to see him play. He's been hurt. He had COVID. He had surgery and a shoulder injury. You, he just needs to get reps. So a guy I'm going to be watching from afar, want to see him um, pitch well at high A, maybe towards the end of the year, get a chance to go to double A Somerset and see what he can do. And in just a minute, we'll get to double A Somerset and talk about some of that. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends, the Sports Card Investor app. It is the hobby's most powerful resource. You can check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. It's available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, and it's a must-have for baseball fans. So, if you want to look at breakout stars or prospects debuting, you can check the value uh, and find good deals on their cards. So, if you're not a collector, but you're a fan of the prospect and you want some memorabilia, it's a great way to go in there and see some of the prices uh, for some of the cards and some of the different options available for these players. If you are a sports card investor, or if you are a sports card fan, it's a good way to kind of track the value uh, of some of these players and to see how the, the price tracks or doesn't track uh, are the prospect apparatus the way that we evaluate these prospects and the rankings that we give these prospects? So I think it's a really cool tool. I'm re- I've been really excited that they've joined the network and I've had a lot of fun uh, talking about trading cards and learning more about trading cards and kind of getting into some of this. So download the Sports Card Investor app today. It's available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. So the AA Somerset Patriots, a couple top prospects here. They're 47 and 30. They actually play in Bridgewater Township, New Jersey. Again, with these city names, Fishkill, Bridgewater Township. It's wild. But can't talk about AA Somerset without talking about number one prospect in the system, Anthony Volpe. 2019 first rounder out of high school. Um, Obviously lost a bunch of time. 2019 had mono, lost 2020. And then last year kind of broke out. 294, 423, 604, 27 home runs, 33 stolen bases in 109 games. So uh, did, you know, did really well there. And this year, not as ridiculous stat lines. 247, 341, 449, still really good. 11 home runs, 33 stolen bases in double A. And a guy that last time we talked about him, he was in the middle of a couple weeks stretch where he could not hit a slider. He has figured that out. He can, he can hit sliders, had a little blip. And you see, you see blips like that from young players, especially when they move up a level, uh, you know, or they, they, they get involved with some higher competition. And so that happened. But somebody, he has struck out, he actually strikes out less than once a game. 62 strikeouts in 70 games. Uh, 34 walks, so I like his plate discipline. I like how often he gets on. You kind of wish the power numbers were a little higher. 11 home runs in 70 games. We had 15 and 55 games last year in high A. But still, something where that's obviously going to come. And in the meantime, defensively, uh, 
plays a good enough shortstop. There's questions about is his arm going to be good enough for him to stay at short or will he need to move to second? I think he's going to need to move to second because of Oswald Peraza, who we'll talk about in the AAA segment. But um, speed is, is enough where he can steal double-digit bases. He's not a blazer, but he can do well. And then scouts absolutely love his intangibles, his makeup, um, his instincts, obviously the skills, and, and just kind of like the leadership that he brings. So uh, big fan of what he does. Again, hit tool, power tool, both rate really well. Um, he can, he can handle, he can handle premium velocity. He can handle spin. He can handle, um, extreme changes of speed. He can take care of all of that. He can foul off what he needs to foul off until he's able to actually put a bat on a ball with quality contact and put it in play. So I like what he does. I personally don't know if I'd have him as the number one in the system. I'll get to that in just a minute, but I do like what he has. And obviously Uh, Everybody else loves him, so there's probably just something that I'm missing there. Guy I do kind of want to make sure that we talk about when we're in double-A here, Austin Wells, the catcher, 2020 first-rounder out of Arizona. Uh, He actually was drafted out out of high school in 2018, and then they drafted him again in 2020 as a draft-eligible sophomore. But lefty hitter, they think he's a guy that can absolutely, like, give him or give them Great offensive value and stick behind the plate. A um, little bit of question about whether he can stick or not. I'll get to that in a second. But offensively this year, 304, 425, 568, eight home runs, nine stolen bases, and 125 at-bats. Doing really well offensively, especially in a world where the average OPS for a catcher is like 85 or 80. They're just not very good offensively. And that swing, it's a really smooth, uh, really smooth swing that can cover every part of the plate. So high, low, in, out, everything. I like that. He manages the strike zone really well. So um, getting, not striking out too much, plenty of walks, things like that. I They did work with him a little bit um, about being a little more aggressive with two strike counts. Defensively, that's where you have a little bit of question. So he's not a fantastic athlete. Doesn't have that quick twitch reactions. So he struggles sometimes to block pitches. Arm strength is below average. Uh, he, has a, he has a good pop time, a good release. So it plays up a little bit. But like last year, he threw out 13% of base dealers. I think that if you had to move him out from behind catcher, he could play first base. He could probably even make it in left field speed-wise. He doesn't have awful speed for a catcher. He has actually decent speed for a catcher. doesn't have awful speed for a baseball player. Decent speed for a catcher. So I think you could make it work at first base if you needed to. Or again, in the outfield. And then right behind him, you've got two righty pitchers, Luis Medina and Randy Vasquez. And they are um, interesting kind of... Different pitchers. Luis Medina is just absolutely electric stuff. Fastball, um, lives in the upper 90s, sits 97, 98. He's hit 103 with it. He's got um, a curveball that when it's on is just a wipeout pitch. 
gets swings and misses. It's one of those hard, like, downward diving curveballs. Changeup is getting better, but the best thing about it is the velocity separation and it disguises well arm speed-wise with the fastball. Uh, His thing is just, like, command and control. So I think he... If he can get a little, if he can, if he can land some of these pitches for strikes a little more often, he's going to stick as a starter. But if not, you can move him to the bullpen, and he can be a, I mean, a, a very, very effective late inning, if not a closer, just because that arm is absolutely absurd. And then that curveball, very good curveball. So a great one-two punch. Again, the changeup uh, is good enough. Needs to be. You know, doesn't move a ton, but it just he has the conviction with it, and he, and he disguises it pretty well. Um, controls his thing, and then Randy Vasquez, flip side of this, is um, throws a couple different fastballs. Has a four seamer, sits mid nineties. He can touch ninety eight with it. Has a two seamer that he brought in. Really like the two seamer. Uh, I think it. I, I think it has potential. It grades out as average now. I think it could be above average to maybe plus. Uh, but then he's got both a curveball and a slider, super high spin, like 3,000 RPMs on both of these. Curveball's low 80s, slider's high 80s. Changeup is 88, but it just doesn't have enough separation from the four seam to be effective. So, a couple different pieces. I see him as a number four, number five. He's got plenty of pieces. Again, none of them are amazing. Um, but a guy that has tools... And if he can harness them a little better, absolutely can be a piece for the Yankees in the rotation. Uh, just just slow the change up down a bit and then polish. Do a little more work. Do a little more, um, you know, get him more reps. Right now, he's 63 innings on the year, 273 ERA, 60 strikeouts, 21 walks. Um, doesn't always land everything for a strike, but... You know, a one-to-one ratio of strikeouts to innings is one of those signs we usually have of a four-to-five uh, starter. Again, none of the none of the pitches are are absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they're all they're all decent. They're not they're not terrible. They're just not necessarily amazing. And so that's one of those things where we're like, okay, he's got a, a bunch of average to above average pitches. Um, strikes at about about a batter per inning. We're looking at a number four, number five. But absolutely think he's got skills. Excited to see what he does. In just a minute, I want to get to the AAA Scranton Wilkes Bar Rail Riders. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. You've probably by now tried the coconut brownie chunk Built Bar. They just made that into a puff. So it's the coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love, but in a delicious chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Um, they, and these are good for you. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, very delicious. And it's only here for a limited time. So you need to go to built.com right now to make sure that you don't miss out. Because if you remember what they do is they have the flavors they have all the time. They have the limited time flavors that are seasonal. And then they have the recurring, I'm sorry, the, the, the recurring flavors that are seasonal that they bring in and they bring out, they rotate those through. And then they have the limited time special things. I think this is one of the limited time special ones. So when it's gone, it's gone. Uh, so go order a box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 
at built.com. Okay, AAA Scranton Wilkes Bar, uh, 37 and 43 this year. And this is an interesting one because you've got a position player in your top five and a bunch of really good pitchers here. So Oswald Peraza is the other big shortstop in the system. Uh, signed in 2016 out of Venezuela. Um, got a chance to do full season ball in 2019 at age 19. Obviously missed 2020. Yankees didn't have an instructional league. Came to 2021 and just breakout year in 2021. Um, went up to, to started off in, in high A, then went to double A. 79 games in double A, 294, 348, 466. And this is after high A, he went 306, 386, 532. 17 home runs combined between the two. So, and it was something where they made a tweak and an like a, approach change for him. The big thing was, hey, you've hit, you're hitting too many ground balls. So what we need you to do is, like you're making quality contact. You're hitting the ball hard. You're just hitting too many ground balls. So tweak the approach a bit, tweak the stance a bit. And boom, he went from highest ground ball rate to just about average. And now, 242, 312, 420, 10 home runs, 16 stolen bases, and 231 at-bats. Um, I think that offensively, his hit tool is going to be better than his power tool, but I still see his power tool as a 15, most likely a 15 home run thing, maybe 20, 15 to 20 home runs, probably what he's going to be. Uh, at the MLB level. Um, but defensively is where he kind of shines. He's not the twitchiest athlete, but he's got above average speed. He's got very good baseball IQ, very good instincts, very good reaction time. And so because of that, he can make all the plays that you need him to make. I actually like the plan of keep Oswald Peraza at short and being in AAA, he'll probably have to come up first. Keep him at short move Anthony Volpe to second, and let that be your double play tandem for the next decade. Kind of reminds me of what the Braves did with Dansby Swanson and Ozzie Albies. They went ahead and moved Ozzie in the minors once Dansby came up to the big league team. So similar situation, once Oswald Peraza gets called up and you decide to move Volpe to AAA, I think that's probably the point where you start working Volpe in at games at second so that um, so that you can have both these guys on the field at the same time. I like Oswald Peraza. I think he's the better shortstop than Volpe. Volpe is still the better prospect. I think Peraza is the better shortstop. So a little bit of a controversial opinion. Not everybody's going to agree with that. But then right after that, you've got a, um, a couple talented pitchers here. Um, first one is... Number four prospect right-hand pitcher, Luis Gill. Um, He's actually came up and pitched in one game. He started one game for the big league team this year. Uh, Four innings, gave up four runs and five hits with uh, two walks and five strikeouts. So that major league stat line doesn't look great. And honestly, his, his his minor league stat line this year doesn't look great either. Six games. Uh, all starts. He's 0-3 with a 7-8-9 ERA. 21 and two-thirds innings. 15 walks to 31 strikeouts. But I think that his his skills are are his his talent is better than his stat line right now. So 62 185, 
Not super heavy, but he has that pitcher's frame that you like to see with the wide base and everything. Uh, fastball averages 96 or so. Uh, he was a little bit hurt last year, he, so his numbers look a little off. He doesn't look right this year either. Honestly, not quite sure exactly what's going on. But yeah, fastball 96. He's got a slider. I think it can be a plus pitch, which would give him two with the fastball. It's um, mid-80s. Not as much of that big horizontal sweep as you want, but still a good slider. Uh, the big thing for him is going to be the changeup. So he throws it in the low 90s. It's a little bit too fast. Doesn't get enough separation from the fastball. And then I think it needs to have more movement. So right now, with the fastball and the slider, if you need him to, he can be an effective late-inning reliever. An eighth-inning guy, you know, setup man do some high leverage stuff for you. I think he'd be good at that role now. If he can harness the changeup, and reportedly that's what he's been working on at the AAA level, that's why the numbers are so bad. He's not necessarily out there trying to win games. He's trying to get confident in throwing the changeup when he needs to. If he can figure that changeup out, I think he could be a number three or four for you, two plus pitches, and then a, a an average or whatever changeup, I think he can be a number three or number four for you. He just has to figure that out, and we'll see if he can get there. Uh, right behind him, right-hand pitcher Hayden Wedneski, 6'3", 210, uh, 33rd round pick in 2016 by the Rays. He said, nope, going to college. Yankees took him in the sixth round in 2019, uh, did a little bit of rookie ball, and then boom, pandemic ruined everything. So... Uh, 2021 came in, went from high A all the way to triple A. Right now, dude's got five different pitches. So he's got a four-seam fastball that I really love. It's one of the better fastballs in the system, I think. Uh, I'm not quite sure if I'd call it the best one, but I think it's one of the better ones. So uh, mid-90s, usually he can hit 99 with it. It's got a lot of like late sinking movement to it. He also throws a two-seam. He's got a slider that is, I mean, it's, it's, it's average to above average. Uh, kind of has that sweepy action, but it's a shorter bit of a break. So it's not, as, as, it's not all the way across the zone like it's kind of in vogue right now. Um, curveball could be a plus pitch. A lot of slurvy action to it. Moves both horizontally and vertically, which is nice. Um, and then the changeup. I think the changeup is something that he could improve a little bit. He throws it in the low 80s. So it's got good separation. Um, but I think he needs to throw it with a little more conviction. And then there's a little bit of mechanical tweak that he's working on this season. He doesn't. And the, I talked to a college baseball coach recently about this. And he was talking about some of his guys and doing this. About how when he gathers to come to the plate, everything doesn't come directly to the plate. He has wasted motion um, towards the third base side before he comes to the plate. So it's kind of a matter of getting him to redirect and getting everything to come straight forward. But when he does, the stuff's going to look a little bit better. The consistency and the, the control is really what's going to be improved when he can get those biomechanical changes in there. So um, if he can work on on the two seam, if he can work on the changeup a little bit, and then just getting better with that command and that control, I think he's going to be a good number four, number five, a guy who can eat a ton of innings for you, and then come out and be in the bullpen in the playoffs and be useful for a spot start if a guy can't go, 
uh, come in and throw four or five innings in the middle of a game if something bad happens, something like that. Really useful piece. Just needs to work a little bit on some of that um, gathering his energy and coming straight to the plate versus versus being a little bit scattered. Last guy I kind of want to make sure I cover here, Ken Wadichuk, the lefty, 6'4", 220. Um, and really like the changes that he's made this year. Fifth round of 2019, did remote stuff. Uh, had a great year last year. Went 34 innings to start the season before he even gave up a run. Uh, ended up fourth in the entire minors with 163 strikeouts. And right now, 68 innings pitched. He's 6-2 and two with a 199 ERA. 101 strikeouts to 27 walks. So really kind of love it. And he's got, he's got tons of deception. Okay, so really unusual delivery. Uh, you got arms and legs going everywhere and balls coming from a weird angle and all of that. And it works. Forcing fastball sits 92-93. Uh, it can hit 98. And it, it, it has some unusual action. It can carry in the top of the zone. A uh, bunch of off-speed pitches. None of them are that great. But um, he's got a slider, which the bottom of the zone, it can kind of get some good depth to it. It can kind of get deep in on a hitter before it breaks. He's got a curveball that has a little bit of a slurvy action to it. Kind of disguises too, or looks too much like the slider. Needs to separate those a little bit. The velocity difference is really the only big difference there. Uh, the changeup, I think, is... Above average could be plus. I like the changeup. I think the changeup needs to be a touch slower. And then um, he just doesn't necessarily have a true out pitch. He's got the he's got the fastball. It's a good fastball, but he needs to do some work to separate um, separate the slider and the curveball. He's done some of that this year. The, the slider has more of that horizontal sweep to it. It's obvious that that's been a focus point for the Yankees. They've been talking about this. And then he streamlined the delivery a little bit. Not enough to lose the deception, but he streamlined it enough where he's able to control some stuff a little bit better. So I think he's going to stick as a starter. And I like him. I li- I'd like to see him get a chance to do a spot start sometime in a, in a game coming up soon. I think of these three top 10 pitchers, Gill, Wineski and Wadichuk, I like him the most right now. I think Ken Wadichuk is the guy that I like the most right this second. Uh, and I'm intrigued to see what he does going forward. Uh, it's been a great week. I've got a bonus episode coming for you guys tomorrow. Uh, we're going through some potential trade deadline deals for Josh Bell with, with uh, Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals. It's part two of our conversation we had on, I think it was Wednesday. And then next week, tons of stuff coming up. Tons of stuff on this show. We've got um, we've got draft previews. We've got futures game roster review. Uh, we're we're sitting down with the Yankees. We're talking to Stacey Gutsulius, the Yankees. We're talking uh, Rangers with Bryce Patterick. We've got Jeff Ellis coming back on for some last-minute MLB draft news and notes, um, including our overrated, underrated guys in this draft. Uh, futures game is next Saturday. We're going to go live on Sunday night for the MLB draft. Uh, Sunday, July 17th. So do us a favor. If you're not already subscribed on YouTube, please go ahead and subscribe so you get notifications and know when we're going live. Uh, and just can't wait to bring you all this great stuff as we have this packed week getting to the trade dead, uh, getting to the MLB draft. But until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospect. Uh-huh.